to the American Family Radio Network. Good morning. Alex McFarland here. So honored to be with you and spend some time together talking about truth and the Word of God. I am filling in for Dan Celia today. Very honored to do that. Glad you're listening. We've got a great show. Folks, this, this is a big show. Now, there's a lot in your day. Plenty of things will vie for your attention today. But uh, how's this for the next few moments to talk with Dr. Del Tackett, uh, the well-known name uh, and the, the really uh, visionary behind a resource that came out several years ago called The Truth Project. We have Dr. Del Tackett on. Then midway through the show, we have Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Erwin Lutzer has a brand new book out about cancel culture called We Will Not Be Silenced. And so it's, it's a big show, and we'll also take phone calls. A lot to talk about, but I greet you. My name is Alex McFarland. If you know my voice, it's probably from a show at 4 p.m. Eastern called Exploring the Word. I'm very honored to do that show on the American Family Radio Network. And I do want to remind you about some, I think, exciting things coming up. We've got uh, July 8 through 10, I will be at The Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove, teaching apologetics, biblical worldview. And so you can go to the website, thecove.org. But um, I don't want to take up too much time. I want to get right to our guest. Dr. Del Tackett has been a friend and a colleague for a number of years, and we work together at Focus on the Family. And uh, I've just come to appreciate this brother. Not only uh, is he an incredible Christian thinker and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the scope of his mind is eclipsed only by the depth of his heart. He's a dear, dear Christian brother, and I've got a few things that are trends in the culture that I want his spin and analysis on. And so, without further ado, Dr. Tackett, thanks for holding, and welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Thank you, Alex. It is an honor to be uh, with you and and, uh, with the folks on the other end of the line. Well, amen, amen. And uh, you and I have uh, a debate this week, uh, really kind of more like a friendly panel discussion, but you and I are going to be in Colorado Wednesday night. If anybody listening happens to be in the area of Colorado Springs, uh, Dr. Tackett and I will be having a, a panel discussion about eternal security and salvation. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be very collegial, but Dr. Tackett, you and I were speaking yesterday. It's important for the church in every generation to restate and uh, proclaim to the world what salvation is, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, of course, that is the heart of, of our, our relationship with God, is that we, we have that relationship because of what He's done for us. And, you know, the, it's unfortunate the word salvation sometimes gets so overused without a lot of depth to it, but uh, it's, it's an infinitely depth, uh, deep understanding of, of uh, the new relationship that has been forged as a result of what Christ has done for us. And that message, that's called the good news, right? And that is yeah. what we proclaim. What, what makes the Christian message unique from all the other religions in the world, Dr. Tackett? What, what's different about Christianity? Well, you know what? Let me, let me respond uh, to that by, first of all, talking about who God is. And uh, one of the most unique things about Christianity is our understanding that God is a, a socially complex being. He is, he is the triune God. And fundamentally, that means he is a relational 
God. That's why everything in the creation is uh, is forged in relationships. And so here we have a God of relationships uh, who has lost, uh, you might say, the relationship with his creatures as a result of sin and rebellion, and his desire to re, uh, reform that relationship with his creatures, humanity, uh, and what that required of him, the sacrifice it required of him. All of that, I believe, is born out of who God is. And, of course, we have to understand who we are in order to understand what he had to do for us. You know, um, we've seen in recent uh, weeks, uh, like Abraham Piper, the son of John Piper, who professed Christianity, walked away, came back to the church, has now walked away again, and talks about, you know, deconstructing his faith. And I want to Maybe in a minute we'll talk about the word deconstruction. Uh, but, uh, you know, famously one of the members of DC Talk, uh, and, and a lot of these guys that were at Liberty, you know, 25 years ago when I was doing grad work there, a lot of people now that affirmed Christianity, frankly, made a good living off of creating Christian products, have now walked away from the faith. And, you know, Abraham Piper says, you know, God is bigger than our small human words can contain. Um, You are one of the pioneers of biblical worldview. And folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Del Tackett, uh, uh, a a man who's doing a lot of things to help the body of Christ get a handle on worldview. And I want you to mention your work on the the video, Is Genesis History? But uh, Dr. Tackett, when you launched the Truth Project, I mean, that introduced worldview to at least 2.2 million viewers, because I know that's about how many of those um, DVDs were shipped. Um, And here we are, uh, professed Christians are saying they're agnostic, professed Christians are living wildly unbiblical lives. Um, What's your response to this when you see um, such a crisis of truth in our culture? Well, I think that my first response is the deep sadness and uh, associated with um, those who claim the name of Christ or have claimed the name of Christ as their as their savior, and uh, yet are not living as if they are uh, a new creature in Christ. And quite frankly, that is part of what we're going to be talking about uh, Wednesday Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole notion of of the the security that uh, rests with those who have been uh, born again, or whether or not uh, you can be saved and then lose that, and then saved again and lose it again, mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And, you know, my, uh, my perspective on this, and of course we don't know, because we, none of us can look into the human heart as God does, and none of us uh, understand uh, from an eternal perspective uh, the end result of anyone's uh, life. But the, the, the Lord clearly told us that there would be wheat and tares. And uh, you remember the disciples were uh, talking about this, and, and the Lord was, yes. uh, was uh, emphasizing in his, in his words and parables to, to let them remain, because it's, it would be easy to tear up the, the tares in trying to remove them. So we know, and we know from uh, Paul's writing, that there were those 
uh, and Johns from those who were with us, but they went out from us because they were not part of us. And so the reality is, and it's a tough reality, Alex, it just it crushes the heart, as I, from my perspective, uh, to know that there are those who claim the name of Christ and yet are not of Christ. And, yeah, um, yeah. and you know, Jesus gave us the very clear message. He said, you will know them by their fruits. In other words, you will know uh, whether or not someone is a true uh, believer, a true teacher, a true prophet, by their actions, by what they do. And, and, and you know what's and, interesting? Yeah. Uh, I've got to I've got to interject this. C.S. Lewis, you know, who famously wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, in the last battle, the final book in the series, it's interesting. There were four children: Lucy, Peter, Edmund, and Susan. They went through all these adventures together. They interacted with Aslan the lion, and that at the end, somebody says, "Where's Susan?" And uh, it says, turns out she was never a friend of Narnia. And that many think that was Lewis's way of talking about the tares that were among the wheat. Hey, we've got a brief break, folks. Stay tuned. Dr. Del Tackett, very special guest here. We're going to be right back. We've got a brief break. Alex McFarland here filling in for Dan Celia on the American Family Radio Network. Don't go away. We're, we're back after this. sound of not just one, not just two, but three heartbeats. Heartbeats that were birthed through the ministry of preborn. The heartbeat of a preborn baby can be heard as early as six weeks on ultrasound. The sound of a heartbeat changes everything. I came seeking termination, but once I got here and I took an ultrasound, I was overjoyed when I found out that I was having three baby boys. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free heartbeats for moms in crisis in America and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. And this time, there were three. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Prayer may be a foundational spiritual practice, but it's also one of the most intimidating and mysterious things that we need to get a better handle on. I'm Charles Morris. Join me and Nancy Guthrie all week on a Haven Today series called What We Should Know About Prayer. Haven Today, weekday mornings at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Listen online at AFR.net. Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. Christian parents are on the hook today because they have to identify the threats to the value system uh, that's being taught to their children in public schools. And their job is to protect their kids from these influences. Tune in for Family Talk with Dr. James Dobson. Weekdays at 6.30 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. on American Family Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our program. God's blessings to you all.
Welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. Very honored to be speaking with my brother, colleague, and friend, Dr. Del Tackett. And uh, uh, Dr. Tackett, I want to throw something at you here in just a moment. But first, I want people to find out what you're up to. Give us your website. And, uh, you know, if, if the only thing you had done for the Lord was the Truth Project, I believe your place in modern Christian work would be assured, but you've got a lot going on. What else is going on since the Truth Project? Well, uh, thanks, Alex. I mean, those are kind words, and and you know, my uh, my position is that I'm just a tour guide. Uh, you know, I, I want to point people to the character and nature uh, of God, and and God has blessed that. Yeah, the Truth Project. In reality, some people think it's reached over 20 million people, and it's done that without uh, any uh, advertising. It's just multiplied and. So we've exactly. done uh, we've done another uh, small group series that uh, I think is the uh, is the next step after a biblical worldview, and it's called uh, the Engagement Project, and that is out there now. And there are small groups, and the Lord is blessing. And I also, by the way, finished uh, just filming the sequel to the Is Genesis History movie, and and um, it looks like that will probably be released sometime uh, late this year. So. I'm excited excited about both of those. It appears the Lord has blessed it, and and uh, I give Him all the glory for it. Amen, amen. And you know, the Truth Project. I, I every now and then I'll take it out and watch some of those. Uh, I guess it's been what fifteen, sixteen years, and I remember. Oh my goodness, when we were at Focus on the Family, and we would have some of those meetings, and and there would be the footage. You know, really, that was a unique, unique project. We all sense the hand of God was upon it. Um, years and years and years ago, I had heard that, you know, over two million sets of the DVDs had been shipped, and I know that many groups would watch it. But um, the, in, in a way, I view the Truth Project as one of those seminal things like More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. Um, the hand of God was on that project and, and is still on it to this day. Would you agree? Oh, yes, it really is. Uh, I mean, I I hear all the time. I, uh, you know, I was just out at Chino Hills, uh, California, and uh, heard from many, many people who had, uh, the Truth Project had just, you know, well, the Lord had radically transformed them and touched them through the Truth Project. And there were uh, uh, there were people who are still using it and, and uh, all over the world, quite frankly, uh, it's, you know, the translations, and uh, there's small groups all over the world, and, you know, the Lord still has his hands on it. It, it wasn't just a flash, uh, flash in the pan. Oh, of course, of course not. And so where may people find you and your resources online? Well, the best way is just simply to go to the, the website, deltackett.com, D-E-L-T-A-C-K-E-T-T.com, and um, and they can they can uh, uh, not only look at the worldview content that we're putting up there, but also the the upcoming events, the training for the small group leaders, and so forth. Four years ago today, Billy Graham died. Um, hmm. uh, did you do any media interviews in the aftermath of Dr. Graham's passing? I don't remember uh, if I did or not. I know I talked to a lot of people, but I'm not sure. I don't remember, Alex. You probably did a lot. I did a few. One, USA Today called me uh, February 21, 2018. Okay, Billy Graham died. Very high-profile evangelical leader. 
and here was the question they asked. They said, uh, do you think this is the beginning of the end of Christianity? <laughs> How would you have answered that question? Well, I, I would answer it this way, by saying, you know, I have a deep respect for Billy Graham, but uh, Christianity doesn't rise and fall on the life and death of Billy Graham. Amen. <laughs> Christianity rises and falls on the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he, he declared clearly that, uh, that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And uh, many of the, uh, the parables that Jesus uh, taught about the kingdom of heaven is a, is a parable of it uh, leavening the entire uh, lump, the mustard seed that grows into a huge tree. And so, um, I, it, and I think Billy Graham would have said the same thing. I think he would have been horrified yes. for anyone to even imply <laughs> that <laughs> Christianity was somehow now going to wane because he was gone. Well, you know, that's exactly what I said. I, I said, I think Dr. Graham would recoil at the very question, you yeah. know. Uh, but what's your, give, give us a, a, a checkup report, the state of the church in America right now. In, in your opinion, what's the health status of the American church right now? Well, you know, Alex, that's, um, that's a compound question there, because if a lot of times when we use the word church, uh, we have to deal with whether we're talking about the institutional church, the buildings, the uh, the staff, and those kinds of things, or we're talking about the body of Christ. And I think those are radically two different things. I think the institutional church uh, is in uh, a, a trouble. And one of the reasons is because a lot of the institutions have walked away from the truth of God. They've walked away from the Scriptures. Um, and many cases, they have also tried to um, woo themselves into the arms of the world uh, around them. And that is going to get worse, because as we increasingly go into a time where now Christianity becomes negative in the culture, in other words, it doesn't, it do, it doesn't win you anything to be a Christian, right. uh, that uh, those churches are going to even go further to try and, and uh, somehow... Uh, gain uh, people in the pews and so forth. But the body of Christ is, um, I think, the true believers are are strong. I think they need encouragement, um, and and that's what I'm for. That's what the Lord called me to do from the very beginning. My call Amen. is to do everything I can to help the body of Christ get uh, be, be strong and vibrant and to be the light and salt that she is meant. Uh, to be so, and, so I, and, I think we, you know, we need to talk about those two different uh, understandings of those words. Well, and persecution, uh, as undesirable as it might seem, uh, praise God, persecution really always strengthens the church, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it does, and and I think we need to be careful to recognize that that doesn't mean that the church has to have persecution. Uh, it does work out, I think, in the in the fallen world that we live in, that persecution, quite frankly, has a has a tendency to sift the church and yeah. uh, to cause the terrors to begin to fall away, and that leaves, um, you know, a, a higher concentration of the real uh, believers, and they shine forth as a result of that. But yes, in, all, in many cases, the persecution will also force us in. Uh, back into 
uh, the, the truth of what God has done and cause us to drop away the dross. I think that's happening now. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping and praying that God's people are going to begin to catch a vision of what he has done for them. You know, the, you know, Joe and Susie Plummer, you know, the nurse and her family, you know, sure. that my, 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 uh, take on this right now, Alex, is we've got to help cast that vision to the body of Christ that God has entrusted the primary work of the kingdom to the common Christian and, and the common Christian family. They need to recapture that. It's the old, it's the old, uh, uh, Reformation chant, you know, the, the, the priesthood of all believers. And, and you know, I'll, I'll end my, my assessment of the Church by saying, quite frankly, I think the Church has returned to what I would call a pre-Reformational form. And I don't mean to be negative by that. I know many, many Catholic people would agree with, uh, with the problems of pre-Reformational. But the, a lot of the consolidation of spiritual power uh, is consolidated at the top, and the mass of people just simply show up. We get we get uh, entertained. We're consumers. Uh, we put money in the coffers, and then go back and watch the game. And that has to change. Mm. Exactly, exactly. You know, about 15, 16 years ago, Peter Kreeft. Um, are, are you familiar with the the Catholic apologist Peter Kreeft? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, he, he's he's great. I mean, and really, folks, his handbook of Christian apologetics is very powerful and oh, it uh, it, it, wonderful. But somebody years ago, I mean, this was back in the uh, mid-2000s, but somebody said, we're in the post-Christian era. He said, really, America is, is becoming not so much post-Christian as pre-Christian. Do you agree with well, that? Well, I, I, I would say I hope that that's the case. Uh, in others, what I think he's implying is that uh, we now have a great opportunity. Uh, you know, in, in a dear state, state, statesman's words, you know, this could be our final hour, or it could be our finest hour. Um, you know, people in our culture, because of a lot of things, we can't go into all of those uh, causes and so forth, but are increasingly isolated. Uh, they're being pulled apart relationally. Um, and uh, we are the people that understand true relationships. Why? Because of the God who is a true relationship and what he's done mm. for us. We are the people who understand what love means, what commitment and sacrifice and true friendship, what that really means. And uh, so this, this could be our finest hour if we, if we choose uh, to, uh, to do so. If you're just tuning in, folks, this is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here with Dr. Dell Tackett. He and I will be together 7 p.m. Wednesday night in Colorado Springs, Colorado, Church for All Nations. Very wonderful church. Dr. Mark Cowart is the pastor, and we'll be there talking about salvation. What What is salvation, and what all are the, uh, the realities of one who is born again in Jesus Christ? But... Um, I know a break is going to be coming up uh, pretty soon, so I want people uh, give your website again, and uh, I, I'm just interested to see the video on is Genesis history, and I want to commend you for for. Well, thank you, um, sir. So, yeah, give us your website. Yeah, so the, the website is deltacket.com uh, dot com, and uh, and I hope the new is Genesis history movie will be out this fall. And Tackett has two T's on the end, right? That's correct. 
Well, brother, thank you for your time. Folks, we have a break coming up. We're going to come back and talk with Dr. Erwin Lutzer. He's got a new book out. American Family Radio Network, Alex McFarland, filling in for Dan Celia this hour. Stay with us. We'll be back after this brief break. Washington Watch. This is a crisis of our own making, and that hard-nosed determination to not admit it for political reasons is just really, truly disheartening. Yeah, I I don't want to beat a dead horse, but on this particular issue, the contrast between the policies of the two administrations could not be sharper. As I've mentioned here on the program many times, I was at the border a little over a year ago. It was like a ghost town. Weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evenings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. The Bible is full of men who ruin their own lives. Moses was full of self-doubt and had an anger problem. Peter lied and said he didn't know Jesus. David betrayed and killed a man. And yet, so many years later, we still remember those men not for the mistakes they made, but for being leaders in the faith. Kids today, especially boys, are desperately in need of positive mentors. You probably think that you're too flawed or not godly enough to be a good role model. But what if God can use you despite or even because of your mistakes? Think and pray today about a young man in your life who would benefit from some quality time with you. To learn more about a proven process for helping boys become godly men, visit Trail Life USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Free help in Raising Godly Boys is at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana, during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com.
Welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here sitting in for Dan Celia. Very honored to be doing that. Pray for Dan while he is out uh, recuperating. But a very special friend coming up right now, Dr. Erwin Lutzer. We have had a lot of speakers in our conferences over the years, Truth for New Generation. Uh, Always, always the the one who gets the most requests. Please get Dr. Lutzer. He is a beloved figure in the church landscape. For 36 years, he was senior pastor of Moody Church in Chicago. He is now pastor emeritus. He's an award-winning author and a featured radio speaker and just one of those names that uh, everybody appreciates the work of Dr. Erwin Lutzer, and I certainly do. He's got a brand new book called We Will Not Be Silenced, endorsed by people like Eric Metaxas and David Jeremiah and so many others. But Dr. Lutzer, thank you so much for taking a few moments to be with us this morning. I'm so glad to be with you again, Alec, and uh, I appreciate so much your work. I know that you are interested in apologetics, and that's exactly what we should be doing is defending the faith and also, of course, applying it to our culture, understanding the culture, and speaking to the issues. So it's great to be with you. Well, it's great to be with you, brother. Hey, before we talk about the book, I want to ask you something. Uh, four years ago today, February 21, 2018, Billy Graham went to heaven. Uh, Dr. Graham uh, passed, and uh, I know, like myself, you you were a fan, and uh, uh, we all appreciated Billy Graham. What were your thoughts on the homegoing of Billy Graham? Wow. I was a boy growing up in Canada. It was 1952. I would have been 11 years old. We went to see the first Billy Graham film. Now, your audience has never seen it. It's entitled Mr. Texas, and I've been trying to find a copy and can't. Apparently, it has disappeared. It was in black and white. But, Alec, I went there, and I saw Billy preaching to 40,000 people in Rice Stadium in Houston, Texas. Hmm. And I came back hooked on Billy. Now, my generation of teenagers was into Elvis, but I was into Billy. And I think (laughs) I made the better choice. It is impossible for me to really describe the impact that he had on my life. I preached like him. I admired him. And uh, in many respects, his influence upon me was absolutely huge. Sure, sure. You know, uh, I did a lot of media, and USA Today asked me, uh, the the death of Billy Graham, was this the beginning of the end of Christianity? And uh, I want to hear how you would have answered that question. Well, I would have answered that question by pointing out that the Church of Jesus Christ is built on Christ and not Billy. You know, we're going to get to my book, but I need to point out that in the very first chapter where I talk about uh, America and so forth in my book, We Will Not Be Silenced, I point out that America is very important in the world. The church in America is very important. But even now, we have to remember that the Church of Jesus Christ was not built on the American Constitution. It was built on Christ. So Christ's kingdom is going to continue to be built, even with the death of Billy, and uh, our own death. You know, uh, quite frankly, 
uh, Alex, you and I aren't going to get out of this life alive. I hope you know mm-hmm. that, <laughs> apart from the return of Christ. So uh, the kingdom keeps being built. God's work continues. And uh, Billy was great, but uh, absolutely Christianity continues. Absolutely. Uh, What is the premise of the book, We Will Not Be Silenced? Alec, I began to realize that the radical left in America does not believe that America can be fixed. It has to be destroyed. And that is, its institutions have to be attacked. So I show how cultural Marxism attacks the culture, trying to bring about Marxism without a bloody revolution, but incrementally step-by-step, institution-by-institution, through education, through uh, what is being uh, taught in law schools, media, and so forth, it can take over. So what the book does is it introduces all of that, but then it applies it to history, the vilification of our history, of our past, the monuments, of course, which were destroyed a year or two ago, and continue mm-hmm. to be, by the way. Right. I show how it is applied to race with the intention of bringing about conflict which can never be resolved by taking Marxist categories and dividing everybody into oppressed and oppressor, and how the intention is not toward progress. As a matter of fact, progress would destroy the whole Marxist ideal of keeping the kettle boiling, so to speak. So I show that that's the case. And then I go on to talk about such things as how propaganda works. It uh, intends to so shape people's view of reality that even when confronted with a mountain of evidence, they will not change their minds. And then I go on to talk about the sexualization of our children and so forth. And a whole chapter, one of the longest on socialism, why it appears great, but in the end must fail. But the bottom line is this. Every chapter has a section on the response of the church. Because after all, that's my heart, and I know that's your heart, too. Mm -hmm. How do we relate to this cultural uh, moment? Biblically, gospel-centered, but we can't avoid the culture anymore. It's collapsing around us. Well, it, it is, and I know you know the phrase, uh, and several noted communists have used the phrase, uh, Gromsky and Duchki have used this phrase, the long march through the institutions, cultural Marxism, going through education, politics. Um, I think a lot of Christians are getting um, aware of this, and your book is helping people become aware, but I guess here's the question. Uh, humanly, is is it too late? Okay, we realize how for five, six decades the Marxists have infiltrated even seminaries and graduate schools and media. They've made the long march through the institutions. Uh, what are we to do in response, and, and is there time to make a difference in our country and, and in the West at large? A uh, very good question. My opening, in the opening chapter of my book, I point out that I did not write it to reclaim the culture. I wrote it to reclaim the church. I don't know that we can turn the clock back. I don't foresee a time in America when same-sex marriage no longer is legal, etc., etc. 
my heart is the capitulation of the church to the culture. The big issue of our day can be simply stated. Are we going to interpret the Bible through the lens of culture, or are we going to interpret the culture through the lens of Scripture, remain faithful, and accept the repercussions that can happen and are happening, and accept them as a badge of honor because of our witness for Christ. So historically, the Church has always been a minority. It's always been an island of righteousness in a sea of paganism. My problem is I begin to see the paganism come into the Church, and so what we have to do is to stand against that. Can we capture the culture back? Well, if God were to send a great revival, that would be possible. I don't see that happening right now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wrote the book to help people to be faithful wherever God has planted them. Well, it's a very encouraging book. It's it's called We Will Not Be Silenced by Erwin Lutzer. Um, who published it, Dr. Lutzer? It was published by Harvest Publishers and of course, it's available on Amazon, also christianbook.com. And I might say that God has mightily used it. I know of many churches who are using it because there's a workbook that has been published for it. They're going through it in their classes and so forth. What I want to do is to have people grapple with this so that if your child comes and says, now, what's wrong with me becoming a boy? I was born a girl, but I want to become a boy. Mm. How do we handle that? How do we handle it when young people go to college and come back socialists? How do we process that? And by the way, I point out that many students that lose their faith in college do so not because they are talked out of their faith, but because they are mocked out of their faith. And what we need to do is to give them resources to say, we will stand against the culture, and we will not be ashamed of the gospel. We will stand, and we will not capitulate. Let me ask you this. You've written a lot about uh, history, and I I know, um, I remember one of the books that uh, I read many years ago that you had written about the the Broken Cross and Hitler's Cross. Uh, Why does history matter? Why should history matter to the Christian? Well, it's incredibly instructive. You know, let's take a theme I have in my book called Collective Demonization. Well, hold on. I I hear the music come in. We've got a break, folks. uh, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, one of the great Christian thinkers of our time. We're going to come back and uh, continue this conversation. So hold that thought, Dr. Lutzer. Hold that dial, dear listener. This is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland sitting in this morning with our very special guest, pastor, author, theologian, Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Stay tuned. We're going to come right back after a brief break. Don't go away.
AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Alex McFarland here, inviting you to The Cove. I will be there, the Billy Graham Training Center in Western North Carolina. I'll be there July 8 through 10, and we're going to be uh, doing 1 Peter. Now, next summer, uh, God willing, we'll be doing 2 Peter, but it's a two-part series on apologetics and biblical worldview, July 8 through 10. Go to The Cove, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org. And uh, just put my name in the space bar, and when we are at the Cove, as we are every summer, we would love to see you there. Our guest on this hour of radio is Dr. Erwin Lutzer, and Dr. Lutzer, you're a frequent uh, teacher up at the Cove, too, aren't you? I am. Since you mentioned it, I just opened my book, God willing, I'm going to be there October 10th through the 14th, doing two seminars. One is going to be on prophecy, the other is going to be on... uh, issues related to the culture, so they can go there and they can check it out. It's a wonderful place to go, of course, as you well know, and it's wonderful for the people who attend. So yes, they can go to the Billy Graham Cove, and I'm sure that on the website all of that information is available. Amen. Amen. Well, it is. And folks, if you've never been to the Cove, it just, the scenery, the fellowship, the Bible teaching. And, you know, Dr. Lutz, I think about how um, uh, Will Graham has told me that uh, Billy and Ruth Graham, before it was ever built many decades ago, they they would prayer walk all over those grounds, and they envisioned that someday it would be a great conference center. And uh, you, you truly feel the presence of the Lord at the Cove. So, folks, you ought to check it out. But uh, before the break, I was asking, why history? Why should Christians care about history, Dr. Lutzer? 
Well, one of the things that we have to do is to see that history teaches us that the Church of Jesus Christ has had many different dilemmas before. Let's take, for example, uh, cultural—well, we talked about cultural Marxism. Let's talk about collective demonization. This took place in Russia. Collective demonization means that you have to keep in line with the accepted orthodoxies, and if not, you will be vilified. Everybody is to march in step. Now, earlier, before the break, you mentioned my book, Hitler's Cross. Yes. One of the things that happened during Nazi Germany is churches put up swastikas in their churches, on their church doors, because what they were saying is when you come for the Christians, don't come for us because we are on your side. We are, we are part of the collective. We are part of the cultural stream of Nazism. So today, when people go for a job, let's suppose that they want to uh, teach chemistry at a university, they are not just asked whether or not they are qualified to teach chemistry. Oh, no, that's not enough. Do you also agree with a woke agenda? Do you agree with multiple pronouns? Do you agree with uh, the whole transgender, LGBTQ community uh, kind of agenda? If not... You may not have a job. Mm. It used to be in America that uh, if you were an expert in a certain field, as a Christian, you could be there. But now you have to declare whether or not you're on board. So people are asking themselves, am I woke enough to be seen as virtuous? Now, history teaches us that Christians have had to stand against that kind of pressure, whether Russia, China, Germany— so history is very important. You know, you look at the Bible, of course, it is history, and uh, of course the history of the Jews, the history of salvation. But history has a lot to teach us. And if we don't learn from history, as has often been said, we are doomed to repeat it. So this is why I think it's so important. Uh, well, exactly. And, and you know, all of history really is salvation history. I mean, God working in this world, and, uh, you know, when, when we're at a period like this where the church is being marginalized, and you're right, uh, in many increasing ways it seems like vilified, I love Matthew sixteen eighteen, Dr. Lutzer, where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I know there are, there are several ways to look at that verse. How do you, how do you interpret uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen? I think what Jesus was saying is that um, I'm going to die on the cross, and it's going to, it's going to look as if the, um, the cause that I am espousing is going to be going away. And, um, you know, the gates of Hades is a reference to death based on the book of Isaiah. And despite that, just know that the gates of Hades will not prevail. Now, one of the things that's important to see is that sometimes God has allowed the church to be obliterated in certain areas because of ideological or religious uh, subversion. For example, in North Africa, uh, you had a great Christian population, 
But when Islam came, and Islam is a very political religion, and by the way, in my book that we're talking about, We Will Not Be Silenced, I have a chapter on how the left has teamed up with Islam to destroy both Christianity and capitalism. But anyway, God allowed Islam to basically wipe out the church in North Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, is Jesus too weak? <laughs> you know, I deal with that in another book I've written entitled The Cross in the Shadow of the Crescent. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking about this other book, but in The Cross in the Shadow of the Crescent, my wife and I visited the seven churches of Revelation many years ago and discovered there are no churches, there are only mosques. And a very devout guide, a Muslim guide, said Islam's ability to replace the church, we might say to crush it, is proof of its superiority. And this troubled me because it made Jesus look weak. So I asked God for wisdom as to what these non-existent churches have to say to the American church, and that was the small seed from which the book grew, The Cross in the Shadow of the Crescent. If people would like to purchase that book, Mm -hmm. I know that it's on Amazon. It was published by Harvest. I'm sure that ChristianBook.com also has it. Well, and, and let me just say, Dr. Lutz, your, your books are so good, and I'm not just, uh, you know, uh, it, this is not psychophancy or just trying to flatter you, but folks, uh, the books of Erwin Lutzer, besides helping you get a great, accurate grasp on Scripture, the Word of God, it will help you understand the context of where we are right now, culturally, spiritually, politically, uh, re- really philosophically with worldview. Um one of the reasons I just appreciate you so much, Dr. Lutzer, you, you seem to me, and I've been reading your works for 25 years, but you, you seem to be that perfect mix of gospel, scriptural truth, good exegesis, but good worldview. Um, how, how did you—what what influenced you as a thinker? I know you said Billy Graham influenced you as a preacher, but um, who were some of your influences as a thinker? Well, of course, I grew up in the era of Francis Schaeffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, by growing up, I mean this was after seminary. I came into contact with his writings and began to think more broadly. I wrote a book which I don't think is in print anymore. It's Myths That Could Destroy America. And somebody, <laughs> perhaps to flatter me, said that I was into worldview before worldview was cool. Uh, yes. So throughout the years, agree. I've always been thinking about Are you there? Dr. Lutzer, I think I've lost. Uh you know, we were talking with Dr. Erwin Lutzer. I think somehow we lost Dr. Lutzer for a second. But you are listening to the American Family Radio Network, Alex McFarland here. Um, he, he was talking about worldview, and and by the way, worldview it is vitally important. Uh, you know the song "Jesus Loves Me This I Know for the Bible Tells Me So." Of course, that's important that you give your life to Jesus. But let me say, just like the sons of Issachar in the Old Testament who understood the times, I think one of the reasons it's important to understand the philosophies, the worldview that rage and battle and compete for the minds of people, 
is because it will help you in your own walk and witness, but it will help you defend truth. Now, let me give you uh, a, an example. Uh, Abraham Piper, the son of John Piper, great radio minister. I've shared the stage with John Piper before, but his son Abraham Piper has walked away from the faith. Now, he really echoes what we were hearing a couple of decades ago from two speakers. I don't know if you know these names, but one was Brian McLaren. The other was a guy named Don Miller. You you might rem- remember this book. Don't buy it. Don't read it. Uh, it's it's actually a, a horrible book, but it was called Blue Like Jazz by Don Miller. Now, what these emergent redefined Christianity voices were saying is, you know, Christianity says a lot of very narrow things. Jesus is the one and only way to heaven, which, by the way, that's true. That's what the Bible says. And, you know, come on, uh, there's heterosexual, there's homosexual, all right? And a lot of these guys about 15 years ago that now they're coming to full fruition, and many, many millennials have walked away from Christianity because of these types of uh, voices, but they would say, look, you know, words, words are too small to contain God. God's bigger than words. Listen, folks, words mean things because you've got to use words even if you try to deny the power of words. And God has revealed himself in language. God so loved the world. I am that I am. No man comes to the Father but through me. Folks, this is the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. We're going to continue today at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central on Exploring the Word. Keep your radio tuned to AFR. Thanks for listening. And stand strong for the truth. And we're here to help you do that. May God bless you. May God bless America. Thanks for listening. Look forward to being with you again very soon on this great AFR programming and platform. Bless you. Have a great day. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.